Craft Beer Radio, Episode 70. In Like a Lion, Out Like a Lamb, in March 1st, 2007. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. This is Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. And this week we're doing some stouts. Good old stouts. Got an Irish stout, a cream stout, some American stouts, so it should be a nice little... Stouts, dark, uh, roasty, typically more roasty than porters. Yeah, yeah, they have ingredients. Well, there's a very foggy line between yeah. the two which we talk about every time we drink one or the other it's good to keep going over these things the uh general rule of thumb and it's i shouldn't say a rule general guide of thumb is that stouts have unmalted roasted barley where porters do not mm-hmm. but you'll find exceptions on both sides of the fence to that rule typically more full-bodied than porters i find that a lot of um you know porters not a lot porters tend to be astringent Right. And I haven't really found an astringent stout. One or two, but I'm again, sure exceptions to the rule. Okay, I mean, immediately what you smell is... We didn't say what we are drinking. <laughs> what we didn't is Boulevard Dry Stout from the Boulevard Brewing Company in Kansas City, Missouri. Now, immediately... Well, first of all, you notice it pours, you know, dark, ridiculously dark black. I mean, that's what you get. What you see is what you get. It's a very dark beer with about two fingers worth of head, and the head is kind of tannish. Ruby highlights are on the bottom of the glass as well. Maybe slightly. Yeah, I guess so. You're right. What you smell is kind of caramelly, roasty, sugary malt. Yeah, the aroma is, is not exceptionally strong. At least I'm not able to pick it up. But right. I think with stouts, you tend to smell more caramelly roast, whereas with porter, you kind of smell more uh, malty roast, if that makes sense. I mean, it's a little, it, I think it's sweeter in stouts in general. This is an Irish stout, and in the aroma, I do smell reminders of Guinness, the aroma in Guinness. Does Guinness have much aroma? I mean, I haven't tried a Guinness in so long, it's ridiculous. So I kind of need to reassess Guinness because I haven't touched it in a while. Right. The last Guinness I had was that one that was in the back of your fridge <laughs> for two years. So that was not a good example. No, not at all. You know, I keep maligning Guinness, but to be honest, I haven't tried it in a long time since I got into craft beer. So I think I do. it deserves me coming back and taking a look at Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But to me, I'm getting some of that familiar aroma. And... Now I'm going to try to describe the familiar okay. home row. It's, um... Oh. I just take it as granted as Guinness-type aroma. Let's see. So it's... I'll call it a... Light-toasted-type roastiness. Um, oh, having issues here. I'm getting just a... A, a hint of hops in the aroma there. I can detect just a tiny bit now. You know, in that swirl, I, I swirled it up and, and got a nice dose of hops for this style of beer. Um, we haven't even tasted it yet, so we're just kind of going for the aromas here. But Okay, so it's a clean beer. The roast is there and then it goes away. Actually, then it comes back again as I'm speaking. Doesn't it taste exceptionally roasty from the first sip? Our pre-show beer was a Sierra Nevada Stout, 
And that's a heavy-duty American stout, so it tastes roasty from the beginning. This one starts a little bit cleaner. This It, it fits the telling that this is a dry stout because it and it finishes very dry. It really leaves your tongue kind of feeling mm-hmm. dry. It, it it kind of the, the flavor kind of surrounds the, the mouth, hits your back to the tongue, and then kind of fades away from everything. So yeah, it, it you know it's a dry stout. Yep, certainly it doesn't really pile on the the roasty malt. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice and smooth. It, Boulevard Dry Stout from Boulevard Brewing Company. Boulevard Brewing Company has an eighty-six thousand barrels per year production production thing. Beer is five point two alcohol five point two alcohol percent. <laughs> yeah, I can talk. Beer is five point two percent alcohol by volume. Some of the ingredients are pale, special B and aromatic malts. Uses Magnum and Fuggles hops. Are they Fuggles or Fugles? It's Fuggles, I'm pretty sure, even though we've kind of wavered. Yeah. We've flip-flopped. Fuggles, it just sounds like a cartoon, doesn't it? Hey, yeah. meet the Fuggles. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be an interesting cartoon, you know, about hops and, and their cousin cannabis. Jeez. <laughs> oh, we should do a little bit of business. Probably. So, I don't have any official business here. But last week we talked about Draft Magazine. Yes. We always have the Draft Magazine discount on our website. Really we don't get any kickback for this. We're promoting it because we're saving you $8, and we think it's a good magazine. Well, there's an advertisement well, in there for us, but they we, do, don't, we don't get any money. Yeah, I don't get any benefit for saying this today yeah. and not saying it. It's I, I think it's a valuable asset for our listeners, and they save 8 bucks. So yeah. You can send us email. Beer at craftbeerradio.com. That goes to both Greg and I. We have a Frapper map. Have you looked at the Frapper map lately? I haven't, but I should, and I will. So okay. sign up for the Frapper map. Everyone dig us. We don't have many digs, and we know a lot of people like, are listening. Yeah, we got like 27 digs on dig.com. So go there, click the I dig mean, link. Remember we used to be like Podcast Alley, Podcast Alley? Yeah, Podcast Alley's gone, but dig is important now. I mean, dig is what people use. So, yeah. so dig us. Well, the um, geeks use dig. Yeah. So beer geeks might beer use geeks, dig too. Computer geeks, kind of with a podcast, you're kind of straddling right. that line, aren't you? So, and, and for listeners who might not know, we do have extra content that we post with all our shows. Yes. We have what we call our pre-show, which mm-hmm. happens before the show, <laughs> and we have our post-show, and you can probably figure out when that happens. We don't include them in our main podcast feed because they're not 100% beer-oriented, and we want to keep the in main fact, show. In fact, they're only about 15 or 20% beer-oriented at best. Yeah, it, it's it kind of our outlet to talk about other things, so we can really concentrate beer in the main show and if you don't care what two idiots want to talk about then we totally understand you want to learn more about jeff and greg then tune on in but you can go to our website and download the shows and there's a separate extra feed there called the extras feed and that's where you'll find the pre-show and the post-show but it's not at all required listening if you like lost you might find something interesting in the post-show it's probably required listening for our fans who like lost right okay back let's get back to the beer so what do you think about this boulevard Irish stout. I, I like it. I actually think it, it's very drinkable, and it's really something that you could down a couple bottles in a night. I think no that's problem. the key here. It's a, it's a drinkable beer. It's not outstanding, memorable. You're not like, oh, I remember that Boulevard Irish stout we had last month. It was so remem- memorable. But if you're out, I think this beer would come across pretty well on Nitro Tap. Yeah. I wonder if Boulevard sells it that way because you know some breweries who make these dry stouts sell it on nitro to kind of like maybe steal a Guinness tap or two off out of at bars. 
And I think this one would come across pretty well. It would keep some flavor. It wouldn't be completely washed out. I tend to not like nitro taps. Just don't like the the what it imparts in beer. I mean, I'm much. You know, I'm a fan of carbonation. I right. like that the print the, sure. the prickliness and nitro really doesn't give you that. So I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much on nitro. I think this is really good. Kind of. I mean, it's a, it's a relatively low alcohol beer, five point two. It's not quite a session beer, but it's in that yeah. area. I'd really like to try this on regular draft too to see how it changes from this bottle. It seems like, just seems like when I'm drinking this beer, I'm like, yeah, that tastes like a stout from a bottle, and it just seems like it's holding back. I don't and- know. I mean, frankly, I'm very pleased with it. This is this is really, I mean, I'm not saying this is an exceptional beer that everyone should try out before you die, but right. I am very pleased with this beer. I mean, it's a very drinkable beer. It would probably go really great with a hamburger and fries. I mean, it's yeah. it's just, it's 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 a really good drinkable beer. It's something that people would enjoy. Ketchup and fries. Certainly, to open up the tongue, get all that yeah. going. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, or I'm not sure. I would assume Boulevard's intent is to have good drinkable beer. Irish stouts are supposed to be that way. They're right. not supposed to be beat you over the head with flavor and alcohol. They're supposed to be more of a sessionish type beer. And it's dry, so the flavor is not going to like linger and overpower you for for months and months and months. It's just. It's there. Yeah. It's an enjoyable drink. It'll wash down what's in your mouth. It'll complement other food, particularly meaty food, I think, you know, stuff that will go well with malt. Mm-hmm. And then it'll leave and you'll be able to enjoy something else. And you can have a couple of them and it's not going to go overboard on your uh, on your brain because it's only 5.2%. I'm very pleased with this beer. Beer drinkers cannot judge beer by its taste, they say. You know, I'm not surprised at this. There was a study. This is this is a little bit of beer news. There was a study um, from the Columbia University of New York, and they had 388 patrons of a pub taste test two types of beer. A regular beer, and we don't know what that means, and a mit brew, which is the regular beer plus a few MIT, drops of right? MIT brew. Well, mit brew. They're Columbia University. Oh, okay. I thought. See, I thought it was I mean, in Boston, but... I just saw Mitbrew and thought it was MIT, but okay, never mind. Which is the regular beer plus a few drops of balsamic vinegar. Now, the thing is that you and I know that acetic acid works well in beer. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're saying that they're surprised that people, uh, when they didn't know that the balsamic vinegar was added to the beer, they tended to enjoy the beer with the balsamic vinegar more. If they knew balsamic vinegar was added to the beer, they always marked it down right. enjoying it less. See, yeah, so it's it's not necessarily uh, balsamic vinegar might not have been the best thing to use in the beer because it's certainly the right kind, you know, and the right people it might have improved the taste because I mean, we the, love that yeah. acetic taste in beer. I mean, acetic kind of vinous taste mm-hmm. also, you know, when, when it right. comes with that. That's that's a good flavor for beer. We know that from experience. People may not be exposed to that. And they may not necessarily. I, mean, I don't think that a few drops would make it especially acidic, but it will right. probably change the flavor profile enough that it has more. I don't know, lasting influence than uh, than something like a regular Budweiser yeah. or something. Like if that. I wanted to do this test, I might have used a different um, altering agent, maybe uh, a beer off, maybe not off flavor, not an but, off flavor, because you want yeah. it to be still pleasing. Well, but just a little bit of DMS or something like that. I'm not saying not the stuff that smells like sewer drain yeah, or anything. Maybe maybe uh, diacetyl or something like that. You give it a little bit of an extra buttery flavor or something like that. Right. And see. Now it was interesting how they did it with the um, the uh, the different control groups. Right? They had the people that they told the beer 
Or they didn't tell anything about the beer. They told the one that there's a, the beers are different. And then they uh, told the last group that the beers are different. And the second one is uh, balsamic vinegar. Right. <laughs> and um, so the, the, the summary is that people tended to like the off beer, the beer they're calling the off beer, the one with the vinegar in it, more so they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, now we don't know... How? What kind of? We don't know what beer it was they tested. I assume it was some mass market. It was lager. a Mac Lager, probably. Uh, and I would not be surprised if adding a little bit of, of flavor to a mass market lager makes it more pleasing. Yeah, <laughs> that would not shock <laughs> me in any way, shape, or form. So take this study with a grain of salt. However, I do agree that people tend to judge beer based much more on the label than on the flavor. Well, not much more, but they do tend to judge beer on the label rather than on the beer itself. Yes. We've been guilty of doing that. Absolutely. We've been guilty. I think everyone is. Whoa. whoa, That's a big old head, isn't it? It's a foamy beer from Dick's Cream Stout. Now, I love cream stouts. I'm a big fan of cream stouts. They're sweet. Uh, milk stouts are the same way. They have lactose in them. It's one way to get two full glasses out of one bottle of beer. That's for sure. Yeah, I could get three full, four full glasses probably out of this thing. This is foamy. Right now I have about a finger's worth of beer, and the rest of the pint glass is head. Yeah, I tried pouring it gently, and I just thought it was a losing battle and just continued. There's no way of babying this thing out of the bottle. Now, our lactose beer is generally... Generally, not much head. Like, I'm thinking of Maccasins and some other yeah. cream stouts I've had, milk stouts. And um, go back and listen to our cream chest. I love Maccasins. Yeah, generally, Maccasins isn't a very um, heady beer. Lactose might actually deter head retention. I wonder if this thing has lactose in it. Being a cream stout, you would assume so. But I don't think I didn't write it down here. Well, this is from Dick's Brewing Company in Centralia, Washington. With 1,074 barrels per year. This one has 5% alcohol by volume. By weight. Alcohol by weight? By weight. That's only the second beer I've ever seen listed online. Alcohol by weight. Second brewery. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't get time to do the uh, conversion. I think that's... I think it's lower, so it'll be in the fours by volume, I think. Well, it smells, I mean, vaguely like a cream stout. I'm getting kind of a sugary candy sort of aroma. I got nothing yet. Really? <laughs> With the head? No, I got nothing. I definitely smelled it off of the head, and as you can tell, but by so you got to wait for this to settle down. I suppose. Guess we should talk about the other news story real quick here. There is a new beer drinker of the year, two thousand seven, and she's a lot cuter than Tom Schmidlin is. <laughs> this is Diane Contenzero, professor from uh, Virginia. College professor and uh, home brewer from Norfolk, Virginia. She won, so um, congratulations to Diane. Maybe we, uh, maybe we can get a hold of her and get an yeah, interview over I mean, this year. You know, why not? Tim, Tom should have passed him her car. <laughs> Call these guys. They'll hook you up. Maybe she can enter our web beer and I get two glasses before everybody else. <laughs> Everyone else would be like, no, no, don't <laughs> let her in. She, we want the glasses. Speaking of what beer and I, we're doing this like three days after the show came up and there was only three entries. So we're going to hold off on that one until next week. Right. However, I have an idea. I might wait the first three people since I did it now higher. Maybe I'll give them two entries. Oh, so they'll have double uh, the chance to win. I don't know if that will, if that will go over well. You know what? It would get people to listen to the show quick. (laughs) 
But that's that that has its own trials and tribulations, doesn't it? Yeah, this show might still be messed up when right. I try to download it. Like this past week, I upgraded the software for the website, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. Strange bug. I upload the pre-show and the post-show. Those work fine. Upload the main show last. It links to the previous main show. So instead of 70, 69, it linked to 68. No idea how that happened. Weird. Can yeah. you believe we've done 70 shows already? Yeah. Yeah. You can? I mean, we've been doing it for a while. We have, I guess. Doesn't seem like we've done 70. I mean, I, that's a lot. That is a lot of shows. When you think about it, you like think about how many hours yeah. you'd have to listen to us end to end. <laughs> it would make mass suicides all across the internet. <laughs> little Johnstown Kool-Aid situation. Yeah, I'm starting to get some aroma out of this thing, but still the CO2 massive pillow on this thing is really fooling with my nose. Like my nose is a little bit burny from sucking in all the CO2. I was able to get a taste of it. Now, like I said, I'm a fan of cream status. I don't know if this is kind of what I'm looking for in a cream status. A little bit too. It's kind hmm. of it's kind of a, a, a harsh transition between the sweetness and like the roasty slash hoppiness, the bitterness from it. Yeah. it. It feels like there, there's like there's two hills. There's a sweetness hill. If you could visualize this, a sweetness hill and a roasty hoppy hill. Whoa. In between is kind of a harsh kind of center. There's certainly two parts to this beer. I'm not sure if I'd describe it in the same way. You drink it at first. It's not as sweet as I'd expect, something along the lines of a Maccasins or another kind of cream stout. Actually, it might be kind of reminiscent of the Bell's Double Cream. It's been a while since I've had it, but kind of like pulling that out of the back of my head, like, hey, that beer is kind of like that one over there. But then there's this follow-up thing that is this alcoholic, tart, maybe a bit spoiled weirdness that i'm trying to figure out i i think that's just that's a combination of roasted bitterness and hoppy bitterness and it's an interesting combination i think that it doesn't go that well with the sweetness but let me give it a little bit more time to kind of gestate in my mouth and figure it out because i don't think i figured this beer out yet sometimes you have to play around with the beer before you really can appreciate it a really hot um evaporation off the back of your tongue with this thing still foaming like crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason that makes me wonder if there's any kind of infection going on because of the the insane foam on this thing. It's really, it's really harsh kind of bitter up front, too. Yeah, this beer was sent in by uh, Superfan Gary. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Gary. Gary. We think. <laughs> it's intriguing no matter. It is. Um, hmm. So now we gotta wait for the foam to go down. So, did you hear there's a new beer drinker of the year? <laughs> <laughs> we have a picture on here. I see that. It's the first time we've read notes with pictures. I've been able to put pictures on before, but this is the first time I felt like, well, you know, deserves a picture. You gotta, you gotta objectify those beer drinking women, you know. <laughs> we have a, a well. Wa- I mean, it's good. You know, and she says, you know, she, hopefully she can be kind of a. A role model to girls to get into beer, and it's it's good for women to get into beer. I mean, she says something very telling here in in the article. She says, "People who say they don't like beer just haven't met the right beer." I'll be happy to arrange an introduction. I mean, that's <laughs> that's exactly right. There's good. so many flavors. There's so many styles of beer. I guarantee you, if, if there's none of the beers I've ever had you like, I guarantee you'll love Lindemans. You know, it's like it's there. There's something for everybody. Later this week. 
Kenten Zero heads a, heads to Belgium again. She'll guide another group of students there. The trip includes a visit to Open Brewery at the famed Cantillon Hughes Brewery, oh. and she'll visit other breweries in her free time. <laughs> and of Jealous. course, if you win the, the Great Beer Drink of the Year, you get free beer for life at One Group Brewing Company and a two hundred fifty dollars beer tab at the Beer Garden. At your local beer joint, you get the tab. So, okay. I'm, I'm still trying to you know to feel it, and I don't know if I'm really feeling this one. I'm I'm past that that part where I said it was. Nope, not past it. It's not as strong for me now, but I'm still tasting something at the end that's like. That's hot or burning or tastes like burning. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge. Unfortunately, I'm not a big fan of this one. I think it's a little bit too harsh up front. The that there's something at the end there. I don't know if I'd characterize it burning, but it's a little bit off. Mm-hmm. And there's like for me at least, there's these two hills of flavor that are hit in the middle with this kind of grating flavor that doesn't really work together. Right. So we uh we poured the re- or that rest of that beer went to our fallen homies. Exactly. Our next beer is well, let's go with the big one. The big one, okay. Yeah. This would be the Lost Coast Brewery's Eight Ball Stout. It is in a twenty-two ounce bomber. It is. Well, just gonna pour it right now. Didn't really have any info on this one. Greg came before I was ready. Lost Coast. Is it Lost Coast? Yep. This is in Eureka, California. Not to be confused with North Coast Brewing out of Fort Bragg, California. This is the 8-Ball Stout. It has a bit of reputation to behind it. What sort of reputation? That's a I nice stout. A good one. That's a good stout, yes. No, it's notorious <laughs> and killing people. <laughs> It's like fugu. It's like puff for fish, right? Yes. Uh, you know, again, all these re- re- pre- pretty much look the same. Very dark. Ruby highlights. This one doesn't have much of a head at all. It's got... I'm loving the aroma on this thing. It's that, you know, sweet American stout type of roastiness to it, right? It comes across as just a nice, full, sweet type roasty instead of a charred type roasty right. or a burnt type roasty. A little bit of that aroma that I think I described way long ago as circus lollipop. Huh. Circus lollipop. <laughs> think about this really big lollipop you get, and they have that flavor that I think is somewhat reminiscent of this aroma. <laughs> I'm not following you on that no, one. It's just, I mean, if you next time you see one of those, have a lick. <laughs> this thing is also quite potent in the flavor. You get roast, you get this um, aftertaste, which kind of hangs around. Maybe it's even a little bit on the astringent side in the aftertaste. This is a wave. You know, this is slow, slow, big crest of flavor, and then slow release of flavor. This is, all right, so let me have another sip here and see if I can describe this for you. Dark, somewhat aqueous, grab you with a big roasty sweetness. Hit you down with a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of frontward roastiness in your the front of your tongue. Okay, that's kind of the way I would describe it. It's like like I said, a little bit aqueous. It's not quite as chewy as the other ones have been. It's it's a little bit more um, light in terms of its 
It's texture. This is an older beer as well. I think it might be a little bit oxidized. I'm starting to get a little bit of... It's hidden because it's so roasty. But like in that lull you're talking about, and also in the aftertaste, tasting a little bit of wet cardboard type flavor. I mean, it's... It, it, <laughs> it doesn't remind me of this because of the the style, because, because of the flavor. But it does mm-hmm. remind me of this because of the, the sort of template of... Of, ro- of of flavor and okay. I'm thinking I mean when I draw basically you know a big curve and then it goes down again you know what I'm thinking of uh and Bush okay they're um India Pale Ale Devil what was that okay one? the uh Demon's Hop Yard Demon's Hop Yard because that had a really interesting hop profile I felt that kind of went like a parabola you had Slow, high hop, then and it kind of went down. It was very, really an interesting take because they kept adding hops I think, through the hops the entire process. I don't think it was quite as powerful as other IPAs, and I don't know if it was necessarily as good as other IPAs, but it had a really interesting kind of profile. This has the same thing, but it's also got a lot of flavor to it, so it's you know it's really it's substantial at the same time. So since I was worried that mine was a bit oxidized, and we seem like airing the beer out helps in oxidation. Um, we noticed it in the pre-show beer. Right. The aroma went away. And we seem to have noticed it. Oh, no. We thought it went, was more of a skunky thing where we noticed the skunk would go away if we aged a beer, you know, aired a beer out. So I just rolled it up a bit, took out some of the carbonation, but maybe released some of that, what I'm think pulling across this cardboard to see what this next sip tastes like. All right. Go for it. Now, you know, I'm happy that I haven't noticed Band-Aid yet today. I think Band-Aid comes through a lot clearer in darker beers than it does in... in Hoppier beers. It's just something that now that I worked a bunch of carbonation out of this beer, it tastes smoother to me, and it's not as prickly on the tongue. And it, it, I think it's it's more palatable for me. I won't recommend it for you because you love that carbonation. You right. love when the beer. I don't want to say stings your tongue because you probably don't think it stings your tongue, but this beer was stinging my tongue until I really swirled it up and worked out some CO2. I think sting is a reasonable okay. thing to make. I, I just I really enjoy that kind of. The effervescence to a beer. A lot of people don't. I'm kind of you. I don't know if I'm unique in that way, but it's something that I really do enjoy. Okay. So I picked up a new beer today. Actually, Heather got it for me. She was driving past the bottle shop. Dogfish Heads Red and White. You told me about this. But so this is this is a Belgian wit beer with gr- red grape juice mixed in before the fermentation. And then aged in Pinot Noir barrels. I'd love to taste a plain old Dogfish Head Whip beer. Yeah, you know, yeah. wouldn't that be pretty interesting? Maybe. I mean, I've had blended beers that are good, like um, Three Philosophers is a blended beer, right? Uh, well, well you're talking about the blend. This one is blended because half of the beer, or a portion of the beer, was aged in the Pinot Noir barrels. Another portion of the beer was aged on oak staves. In a normal fermenter, so they blend those together. So it's not like it's not necessarily the same kind of blend as the uh, one of the Allagash blends or well, Three Philosophers. I think it's a, it's a double blend with a with a Three Philosophers. I thought was a quad Lambic? with a cherry. Yeah, it's so a quad, but quad with but, cherries. I thought, but is it? But I'm not it, sure if it's a blend or not. It's a blend. I know it's a okay. blend. They say it on the label. Okay, but is it like a double blend with a lambic that makes it a quadruple, or is it no. a quad quad blend with a lambic? That I'm not sure. I'm not, I'd be surprised if there's lambic in there. It's not really that there wild is. of a beer. There is. Okay. Well, I know That's what they say at the label, at least. 
from uh, what I remember. Okay. I need to go try three philosophers again. Um, I'm just thinking of quads now. But the, <laughs> remember uh, that blueberry quad from a church brewers? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, that was yeah. good. I got some quads sitting around. Which when we get into our Belgian series, yeah. we're gonna that'll be like the end shit. Yeah, the that'll, end game that'll right be there. the that'll be the pinnacle of the show. Uh, I, I love. The, quads. I don't know if it'll be the pinnacle. That'll be the uh, the logical end point. Yeah, of logical the end point, I mean, Tour of Belgium. I love quads. I mean, a good okay. quad is for me about as awesome as a beer can get. Okay. You think so, of all the great beers that are quads. Mm-hmm. One thing I should bring up. I don't think I brought it up on the show. Is before I went away to North Carolina, I went to a bar close to my house called Mad Max, Mexican place that has about 20 grade taps. And when I was there, they had two beers that knocked my socks off. When I went home, I, I called Greg and said, Try these two beers. I never got a chance to, unfortunately. I didn't know if he went. Southampton's Imperial Whit Beer. You know, I've had a bunch of Whit Beers, I had a bunch of flavorful Whit Beers, but nothing had so much flavor jammed into that glass as the Southampton Imperial Wit. It was just coriander, but not, you know, too much coriander can get gross. And then, you know, that lemon peel flavor, and it was just, oh, so good. And then the other beer was a beer from Oscar Blues, you know, the guys who can Dale's Pale Ale. Right. And Gordon and whatnot. They have a Imperial Stout. It's called Ten Fitty, because it's 10.50% alcohol by volume. It very well could be top of the, my list for imperial stouts it's it jumped straight to the top it um beat beat out my previous winner the bell's expedition and actually i had a bell's expedition uh two weeks ago fresh this year's bottle didn't like it at all it was just way too green it needed like five years i think to get good <laughs> well that's not i mean you don't, know, the you question. don't have to wait five years for a beer. I mean, you want to be able to drink one now. Yeah. So, so yeah. For was, me, I mean, I mean, I appreciate aging beers, but I do think that a beer that's good now yeah. is something to celebrate. Well, that's one of the things I've noticed with my homebrew is, you know, I've made some homebrews where when they were fresh and, you know, they were green and didn't taste all that great. But I had enough patience to put them in the cellar for a couple months. They all got good. However, they also get bad eventually, right? Yeah. So, but commercial brewers can't afford to put all their beer in the cellar for a couple months. So they have not. the beer stuff that yeah. tastes fresh, great fresh. And uh, yeah, the ten fifty. Wow! If you guys can find it, it comes highly rated by Jeff. The, the Oscar Blues ten fifty. Well, we just were tasting the Lost Coast Brewery's eight ball stout. I liked it. I really liked the way it kind of grabbed you. You know, I'm enjoying it a lot more now after I worked out some CO2 and it wasn't as stingy. And I'm not noticing that that cardboard taste I thought I tasted either. I'm still not sure if it was in there or not. I wouldn't be surprised because this is a bottle of beer I brought back from San Francisco. It's been in the fridge the entire time. Right. But still, it it's an old beer. So Our next beer and our last beer of the night is going to be the Obsidian Sure. From Deschutes Brewing Company. This is our fourth Deschutes or third Deschutes, something like that. We had a we had a listener ask if we had to do Deschutes. Well, we do. Well, we can. A few. Actually, we did the Hop Henge in the post show last week. Right. And uh, Brian, who sent us that, also sent us the Abyss, which is an oak aged something or another. I'm not sure what kind of beer it is, but I know it's an oak aged. Uh, <laughs> well, oak aged immediately gets my eyebrows going up. So I was like, Ooh, really, oak aged. 
Okay, so the shoots Obsidian Stout by uh, you might have guessed the Shoots Brewing Company in Bend, Oregon. Now they are very big. They have one hundred eighteen thousand. Well, not very big, but they have they're bigger. Biggest one of the thousand barrels uh, year round. Six point four percent. That was also the biggest one in terms of alcohol we've had. I think I don't know how much Lost Coast is, but I didn't get you came before I could get that yeah. research. It's the one, the biggest one we know about, anyway. Oh, and if you're curious, 220 calories for 12 ounces. I even have a little tidbit there about where the Obsidian name comes from. Yes, it gets its inspiration from one of the world's largest Obsidian flows at Newbury Volcano, just a few miles south of the brewery. The big Obsidian flow, they call it, covers more than 700 acres with shiny black Obsidian. And obsidian is, of course, volcanic glass. Right. So this beer... I don't see any highlights of this one. This is I'm getting a little highlight, but it's darker than the other ones, that's for sure. I think it poured with a darker head What, it's got well. black with black highlights? I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. I got one right there, but it's like the smallest little highlight. You gotta know how to tote your glass, man. I'm telling it. I'm telling it. Jeff doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, no, that's just an illusion. I'm gonna call. Okay. I'm gonna call it an optical illusion. Okay, this is just dark, roasty and sweet. I mean, yeah, roasty American style aroma. Nothing different. No, I mean, it's yeah. hard to describe. You get nice roasty. It's that. It's that sweet, dry baker's chocolate type roast, as opposed to the burnt roast, like the last couple of beers. The flavor on this thing, though, I snuck a sip already. It's it's okay. really nice. All right. So what we're getting out of this thing. Hoppier. Yeah, I suppose there is some hops in there. Definitely hoppier. Whoa, a lot hoppier. Okay. so But it, I think it complements the malts in there really nice. And it's coming out as a... It's still coming out as a malty beer for me. Roasty beer. To me, this is by far the hoppiest of the night. Immediately... Well, let me give another sip here so I can clarify what I'm about to say. Oh, yeah. Immediately, immediately you're hit with hops. I mean, right off the bat. I mean, it's combining with the sweetness very well, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's this there. I mean, you get kind of, it's not, well, it, it is kind of almost citrusy. It, it, a little bit of a citrusy note with that. Just a bit. Kind of a little bit of citrusy slash pithy, but just the tiniest bit, okay. right? Okay. It's hitting with the malt, but it's really it's kind of like above it. There's sort of like a threshold where there's kind of malt, and then above that is kind of like a little hoppiness. Then you hit it with a bitterness, the back of your tongue, middle of your tongue. Then it kind of fades, and you're fading to sort of this little little dots of bitterness slash sweetness slash citrusy kind of lemony, orangey hoppiness. I've taken a couple more sips while Greg was talking, and I guess I can see where the citrus is coming from. I don't know if I would have picked it out unless Greg, you know, told me to find it. Well, find Uh, it, damn it. I did. I did. I think I see where you're picking out. It, it certainly is bitter. I think I'm noticing the bitterness more than hop flavor in this thing. First, I thought I was just tasting this this pucker, this... I don't, I don't want to say astringent because it doesn't have the right kind of cheek puckering in it. But I'm like, oh, that's just from the roasted malt. But no, I think you're right. This is a, a West Coast bitter beer yeah. with a stout inside it. Absolutely. This is... I mean, this is West Coast. This is hoppy. They throw a lot of hops in this. Now, it's a good kind of hoppy. To me, it's 
it's there. There's a lingering bitterness. It's not as sticky, but it's soft, if you want to put it that way. It's It feels like it's there. It's present. I know I drank a beer. Mm-hmm. I know I had some hops. Oh, it certainly hangs around for a yeah. long time. Yeah, it's it's in like in my cheek tissues. I just feel this thing. It's almost making me want to pucker. Just like in my in my yeah. cheeks. Well, so to me, it's it's much more laying right in the middle of my tongue. It's okay. just laying there. See, my tongue doesn't feel particularly coated like some of the other beers we had tonight. We have uh, an email. Though. We have an email from Travis. Travis says uh, he wants to he wants to lend his two cents on a topic that was covered in the interview with Dan Shelton, beer advocate. I'm sure I don't use the site properly, he writes, because I rate beers that are brewed locally in a slightly favorable light. I do this for two reasons. One, I genuinely like them, and I think they are great beer. And two, I want to see these breweries do well and continue to make beer and employ the few folks that they do. Now, with that being said, because there are people like me on there, and I am hard-pressed to imagine I am the only Yahoo voicing opinion more than my half-assed palate, so he says, I continue. I can't imagine anyone that would take any of their top ten or whatever seriously. That's just my first thought of it. I am totally unaware that anyone took these ratings seriously. To me, it's all just opinion. Well, it's an enlightening, enlightening point of view. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it made me step back and say, yeah, yeah. It's well. I mean, why are you rating it highly if you're not really taking it seriously? If you if you don't expect people to take these rankings seriously, then why are you See, bothering to rate them? That, that's the question. I mean, I think that there's. I think you know, Travis. I we definitely appreciate you listening. We love that you're a listener. I think there's a slight bit of disingenuousness there in the sense oh, that, yeah? yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying that you're trying to promote breweries, but if you don't expect people to take them seriously, then why would promoting them mean anything? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying there's disingenuous in your disingenuous in your tone or in your in, in your in your want to promote these beers, but maybe in the way that you're thinking about the the top ten list that you're not taking them seriously, but you want to promote your beers with that way. No, there's a couple things here. Uh, first, I'll respond to what do I want to respond to? You know, I'll say that I've only ranked like two beers on beer advocate and that is mostly because i felt that i can't say anything that the other 65 people haven't said already right and beer advocate makes you enter a certain number of characters for your review if i could use it just to say hey you know give it a score you know i'd probably be more likely to do it i understand the reasons for not doing it you open that up to abuse right but you know i have nothing worthwhile to say at least i don't think i do you know, there, there's the uh, yeah. humble podcaster. <laughs> the guy who started a beer podcast because he thought he could, you know, <laughs> offer something new. But I can't in a beer review. I guess that's why, you know, I don't blog anymore because I but, can't write. I mean, I want to point out to Travis, I totally respect what you're trying to do. Absolutely. And I totally understand why you're d- Promoting the local it. breweries, absolutely. I think that's a great thing to do. However, if you're going to promote somebody, then you, you might want to – then I think it's better to take – it's seriously than to not take it seriously in the sense that I, I took his email as more so of people taking it seriously and getting into a rant over the top 100 or two different things and i think he took it as i think when he said not when he said people he couldn't believe people take it seriously i thought he meant he couldn't believe people cared enough to actually have problems with this ranking maybe you're right I, you know, because you can, 
take it seriously, but not, you know, can't believe that, you know, look at these yahoos on this podcast. Every week they talk about the beer advocate top 100, (laughs) you know. So I think that's more, that's how I interpreted his email. And not so much as he did it, but he doesn't care about the, you know, the rankings. And I, and I just thought of something. You know, people always say that you read all these things that, you know, people don't like the beer advocate rankings because, you know, they're reviewed by all these people, like just like Dan Shelton said, right? I think the problem's not the problem with the, the scoring of the beers, but with the top 100 list. Because there at all, you dude? find beer X and you see that it's ranked a 4.5, that tells you something over beer X being ranked a 2.0, right? Right. But the the top 100 list, people are like, you know, because people, they want to drink the best beer, right? You can't tell me you weren't excited to try West Flutter in 12. Of course not. So, but you know, I was also excited to try, you know, Stone's Russian Imperial, ranked number three, and that to me is... But, sure, <laughs> I mean, sure. But forget, reason, it, forget about I don't who's like that the best. At all. Forget about who's the best, but look at it at a point of view of, okay, I'm at the beer store. And I see Deschutes Obsidian Stout. Is it worth my $3 to buy the beer? You know? So, in a perfect world, you'd be able to pull out your phone and go on Beer Advocate and, and see what it's ranked. Is it ranked a 1 or is it ranked a 4? And, you know, that is helpful. Seeing where it ranks amongst the top 15 um, American Stouts, you know, is not quite as helpful, I don't think. But, again... You know, comparing them can be helpful because, like, I really liked I really liked Bell's Expedition Stout, right? So uh, I go on Beer Advocate and I see where Ten Fifty is, and all these people were ranking it higher than Bell's Expedition Stout. I, you know, if I do a lot of research, I can see they ranked them both, and I'll be like, "Holy crap! I need to try Ten Fifty because it yeah. might be my new favorite Russian Imperial Stout." And lo so, and behold, it was. So, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, there, there's there's merit to the list, and there's problems with the list and it's always going to have problems and and you know travis is 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 kind of right in chiding us and saying you're taking it too seriously but i think he's also you know if if you're not going to take that too seriously then 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 also i mean like there's me who doesn't even contribute to it because i just feel like it's a joke anyway Mm. right so why would I, you know, why would I even want to promote anything on like that? Because I, I don't think that, that people pay attention to any beer that's not some incredibly super hoppy, crazy style imperial stout or imperial IPA. So why would I even pay? Why would I even bother to add something to beer advocates? Oh, here, here's a question for our listeners. I'd like to get some feedback on how much attention do you pay to the rate beer and beer advocate rankings when you're making a decision of buying a beer in a bar at a beer store, whatever. I find that I'm a lot more prejudiced by a brewery's reputation, reputation that it has for me than, you know, what I see Definitely. On. If I see a Great Lace, I'm going to – something new, I'm probably going to give it a shot. Right. If I see um, a Wolliver's, I'm probably going to be a little bit skeptical. Right. It's just so, – So send me your um, – send me feedback on whether you use – the beer advocate rankings, if they seriously influence your beer buying, other than beers you remember being in the top 20 or something like that. Because obviously when you see a top 20 beer and you haven't had it, i got to see what all the buzz is about, right? But, I mean, 
I want to know how much it really affects people because to me I have a, and I'll say prejudice because there's breweries that have a good reputation that I'll buy and there's breweries that I stray from because I've had some bad experiences with them. Fair enough. So Speaking of rankings, I'm trying to remember Sierra Nevada Stout because I'm trying to figure out rankings in my mind. Okay. I may surprise you with my number one beer. I'll be really surprised if it's not the one we're drinking right now. It is not. Uh... Because, and this is... Because Greg hates hops. <laughs> no, I love hops, but this is a personal feeling of mine. People aren't going to believe you if you keep ranking hoppy beers low. I, oh, I'm ranking this one high, but I'm not ranking number okay. one. I feel the best, the stouts in particular, stouts and porters, the best kind of ones are the ones that aren't lingering. They okay. kind of give you, Certainly. you know, they give you that maltiness, but they don't kind of linger around. And for me, Boulevard wins in that regard. Okay. Boulevard, you know, gave me what I, exactly what I wanted—a really drinkable beer. You know, it gave me that maltiness, it gave me that sweetness, but didn't try to linger around too much. It just kind of said, "Okay, here I am. Use me as a beer. You're going to enjoy me, and you can have stuff with me, and it's okay, and I'm not going to be sticking around and, and you know troubling you for much longer than, than you want me to. Sure. It's sure. just there. No, I agree with your complete description about Boulevard. I just wouldn't compare it against these other ones the same way. Well, so. I mean, it's up to you. I feel that Boulevard was my favorite, and I mean, really just, it kind of was, was what I wanted most out of, of a stat, I think, tonight. So Boulevard wins number one in my regard. Next one, I'm kind of struggling between the Lost Coast and the Obsidian, and I think I may take the Obsidian for number two. Okay. I mean, I really do like, you know, I, I, I'm a, like I said, I'm a Haas fan. I mean, I can appreciate what's going on here, the kind of... The, the low level hops and the malt together, it's really nice. But Lost Coast is number three because, hey, Lost Coast does a good job there. Try to remember Sierra Nevada, but I'm sure it was better than Dick's. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So that's that's my order. And you, sir? So I'm going to put the Obsidian number one. It uh, was the most full, complete, clean tasting beer of the night. Um, for example, an op- the opposite to that was Dick's, which was a full-tasting beer, but had that weirdness to it that just didn't really excite me or do it for me. Number two, I'm going to have to put the pre-show beer this year in Nevada Stout. Uh, we talked about how it was oxidized, but that thing was wonderfully oxidized. It was very flavorful. Yeah. I mean, it was caramely. Dan, Dan Shelton's Nightmare, but wonderfully oxidized. Um, and I knew it was going to be oxidized. He drank it that way on purpose, I, but I knew it, he carried it well. But it's but, not. I mean, it's hard to get an oxidized zero amount of stout off yeah. the shelf. So well, you can you can do it in a short <laughs> order. That's for sure. <laughs> then number three, I'm going to put the Boulevard clean tasting beer. Nothing wrong with it. A good session drinker, and it's just hard for me to rank it any higher when I had two more flavorful beers that I really enjoyed. Now, if I was out with some friends and needed a session drinker and Boulevard Dry Stout was on tap, absolutely. Number four will be the uh, Lost Coast 8-Ball. It, it, and it's my fault because it's an older beer. Not Probably not on its own case. If we get our hands on another 8-Ball, we'll drink it fresh. I kinda like, like that kind of parabola of, ta- of flavor that came with it. Yeah, the 8-Ball is definitely on the two-try again when we get a fresh bottle. Yeah. And then last, I'm going to put the Dicks because it just had that weirdness to it that um, 
huge foamy head, that initial post sourness. I just I don't think it was beer was in its best shape. Maybe we added a couple drops of balsamic vinegar, it may have been better. You know, it could have been. And for the post show, we're going to be doing one more dry stout, so uh, tune in if you want to hear. This is the Dark Star stout from Star Hill Brewery. Uh Jamie sent this one in. Thanks, Jamie. So we were gonna do it on the main show, but it's time to go on to the post show. Absolutely. So we'll talk to you next week. For episode seventy one. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Let's play.